We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. everybody welcome inside the get the discharge podcast my name is steven and i am the host as always and joining me tonight is my guy tyler tyler what's up man how are you doing tonight on cloud nine as you know and we'll get to that one day yeah it's gonna be a, a fun release uh, we, tyler and i have been working on something special uh that's all we can say at this moment but uh it's gonna be a fun one um, all right, so uh, today we have uh, some news to get to um, with the Chargers restructuring Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Um, I'm sure there will be other moves to come as well. Um, and then we are also uh, going to be ranking our top wide receivers of this uh, 2023 draft class. So um, this is uh, very fitting. You know, we didn't uh, plan the receiver <laughs> show for this episode, but then it just kind of worked out. So today's a, a wide receiver day, I guess. Um, you know, like I, I said previously, and we've talked about, you know, the Keenan Allen decision was kind of, you know, the, the biggest question that we had of the off season, mm -hmm. um, Tom Telesco, obviously going on GMFB, um, last week to start the combine saying he's not going anywhere. Same thing on the Pat McAfee show, uh, Brandon Staley's talked about that. So now we have some resolution, uh, with the chargers giving, uh, him and Mike Williams maximum restructures. Uh, so the Chargers clear uh, $8.9 million of space by restructuring Keenan Allen and then $5.46 million of space by restructuring Mike Williams. So um, not really clearing space as much as they're making up ground from the right. negative space that they existed in. Um, but maximum restructures for both, we can get into a mm -hmm. little bit more of the details in a second here. But Tyler, your uh, your initial reaction to hearing the news that both receivers got the maximum restructures before anybody else on the team. Yeah, that was certainly a surprise. Um, the commitment to Keenan Allen longer-ish term, I guess was not a surprise because we'd even speculated with how much they'd come out and said, hey, we love this player, we want him around. We figured an extension could be in play. Um, so I guess a restructure and pushing money that not necessarily guarantees that he's on the team in 2024, but it seems to increase that, even just the slightest, like, that's not a surprise. The surprise to me was having both receivers restructured here and at least so far, not some other players. We had speculated it could be Khalil Mack, it could be Joey Bosa, it could be Corey Lindsley. We simulated those with Arjun. I really didn't think it would come down to two wide receivers. And as it currently stands in 2024, Mike Williams is positioned to make $32.5 million. 
Keenan Allen is positioned to make $34.7 million in 2024. Um, I think those numbers surprise a lot of people because the idea of restructuring just sounds like you make free money happen. Um, That is not necessarily the case. And we had discussed that, although with the edge rushers, and we had thought, you know, maybe Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack, and maybe that still happens, I don't know, but maybe less likely now. But with Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa, you know, the 2024 cap hit was going to be $74, $75 million combined between the two. So it definitely does make things dicey next year. I do think it increases the likelihood they are back. However, um, Arjun has said and pointed out and kind of made an edit to his own tweet that they can still take on that dead cap hit next year by cutting, let's say, Mike Williams, but they can spread that over the course of several years with void years or something. Please don't ask me how that makes any (laughs) sense. Um, Go ahead and at Arjun for that one. But it sounds like they still can find a way to get out of that contract and make things work over several years. Um, so they're not completely stuck, but still the commitment to these two receivers together was a bit surprising. I figured, I guess we'll never know until next year when they do or do not cut these players. But I, my, my guess with the deals that were on the table was that Keenan Allen was going to be that guy that stuck around longer and that Mike Williams deal was going to be really a two year deal. Maybe that's still the case, but now it's shaping up to be, these are your two wide receivers that start this year, and it seems like they're committed to them next year. Yeah, the commitment here, I think, is is almost like Tom Telesco and then McGuire and everybody kind of sending a message that, hey, like we are committed to seeing the, the vision of our offense manifested, if even if it's a year later. You know, obviously the Chargers made some big time commitments um, to these wide receivers, you know, with Mike Williams' extension last year. Keenan Allen previously um you know it it didn't really make sense to me when people were suggesting that the Chargers you know cut Keenan Allen or trade Mike Williams because we really only saw four games of them together this year you know and even less so if you want to count like Josh Palmer into that main trio um so I just I figured all along that the Chargers would want to see their investments be together on the field and, and presumably, you know, you know, Mike Williams is not going to play a full 17 games. Maybe Keenan Allen doesn't either, but uh, you know, those two missed a very large chunk of the season. And like I said, they they did not spend a, a ton of time on the field together. So I think the chargers kind of doubling down on, on those two, I think is going to set the message for like what the off season is going to be about. Um, you know, the decision to restructure Mike Williams is is an interesting one because I don't feel like it was a necessary one. <laughs> um, you know, the the ability to potentially cut Mike Williams would have been much easier if they had not restructured him. It's still possible, like you're like you're saying, you know, obviously there it makes it, you know, both of the numbers are bigger. You know, the 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 cap number is bigger next year, the dead cap number is bigger next year if they cut him, and the cap savings are bigger next year if they cut him. So I don't really understand the decision to do that. Um, but I, like I said, I, I think this is sending the message to, to everybody like, hey, we love what we have. And, you know, we believe in the trio that we have. And, you know, Tom Plesko has included just uh, Josh Palmer in that trio uh, several times. So I think this is is them sending a message about how much they believe in the starting trio of wide receivers that they have. Yeah, and they believe in themselves. Obviously, it's a wide receiver position. They all believe in themselves. Of course they do. But watch, it, w- it was really just that one game. I can't remember, was it the Titans game perhaps, where all three of those receivers, instead of going out one at a time, they waited for each other, locked arms, and after the third person was called, they all ran out together out of that tunnel. They believe that that is their trio. I think the Chargers believe that. They clearly have faith in the two receivers they pay a lot of money to but they've shown they have a ton of faith in Josh Palmer too. Like this for better or worse is the starting trio. I think in 2023, Um, they gave Josh Palmer free access to wide receiver three last year. He did deliver, I think in several moments, I think the offense did let him down as well. And he wasn't perfect either, but I think that's your starting trio. What it comes down to now is rounding out this receiving core. You have Mike Williams, great skill set, Josh Palmer, good intermediate skill set. Keenan Allen, a specific skill set. Now continue to build out this wide receiver course. You have different options. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think that's that's the biggest thing is that I think the the offense under Kellen Moore will will do them you know a bigger justice. All three of them, absolutely, um, and that includes Josh Palmer. You know, me and you were messaging back and forth with Arjun, and you know, reception perception charted Josh Palmer, and his best routes are all deep routes. You know, he's definitely mm-hmm. not a burner. Um, but the Chargers, you know, per source, uh, did draft Josh Palmer with the idea that he would be a, a deep receiver. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of in the vein of like a Robert Woods, a Van Jefferson, um, somebody again that's not super fast, but somebody that really excels in those deep routes. I think you saw that on his college tape, and that backs up with his data from his first two seasons at, in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Keenan Allen, as well, has been charted on reception perception as a very, you know, above average um, wide receiver in terms of posts, in terms of corners. Mm-hmm. And Mike Williams, obviously, is is a go ball fiend. So. I think you you tweak the offense. Like this is how the Chargers are thinking. Probably you, you tweak the offense. You tweak the the wide receiver room itself. You know, maybe you bring back Jalen Knight, and maybe you don't. Um, you add some pieces elsewhere, but they believe in this trio being enough to carry the torch. And I think you know whether or not fans agree with that. I I understand why they would trust this trio going forward. And, um, you know, we'll see what happens next year. But, you know, for the most part, I, I tend to think that both of these players play out their existing contracts, if not beyond in the case of probably one of them. Yeah. And, and they would certainly like for these two players to do that. They obviously love Keenan Allen. And hey, everyone wants to be right. So with with drafting Mike Williams and paying Mike Williams, you want to say that you were right, that this worked out. And I think they'd love to see those play out. I don't recall exactly what the numbers were. I think you had brought it up before. But like on, for the limited time that they were on the field together, which sucks because it's just a limited time this past season, when they were on the field with Justin Herbert, or at least they had all three guys, what was their offense again? Like second best behind the Chiefs when yeah. those guys were on the field, at least in terms of drop back EPA per play. Not the rushing game, but the passing <laughs> attack was pr- like excellent with these guys. And the Chiefs were you know above and beyond the best offense overall. But the Chargers were right behind in the moments those two guys were on the field or if three guys were on the field, you want to commit to those guys. You want it to work. We'll see what happens next year. But like you said, I, I completely understand why you lock into these guys. At the end of the day, these are two very, very good wide receivers. I think Keenan Allen, I wouldn't say he's on an upswing, but I feel like with all these guys, there's a bit of a stock up here because they did a lot with very little help from their offensive coordinator. What can they do now that the scheme is built around them to succeed even more and for their quarterback to succeed even more hopefully with health they get just an excellent offense and i think they do they're not done with this wide receiver core nor they shouldn't be um but this trio i'm very comfortable with so long as they round out the rest of the group yeah absolutely i think i think that's where i'm at as well and i know a lot of people are not going to be happy when you don't see a wide receiver pick in the first round but um again i just this is the wrong draft class to be taking a wide receiver in the first round in my opinion And, and you know the chargers are they're not trying to find a wide receiver one right now. They're trying mm-hmm. to find some supplementary pieces. And I think that's the biggest difference for me and how I view, you know, the team's needs as well as, as this draft class. So uh, kind of putting a bow on this, um, like you mentioned, just kind of sum, sum this up. The chargers um, could theoretically still cut one of these two wide receivers after the season. So next off season, they could cut one of them. Um it definitely would kind of go against the grain in terms of Tom Telesco and how he has usually operated. Um, you know, the chargers would save $23 million by cutting Keenan Allen and $20 million by cutting Mike Williams. But the dead cap charges of both of those players would be 11.6 million for Keenan mm-hmm. and $12.4 million for cutting Mike Williams. So we'll see exactly how that happens. Again, you can mess with things, right? Like, like Arjun is saying, you could add some, void years onto the cut you can do a post june 1st cut you could extend keenan allen add void years onto that extension or extend mike williams add you know uh the void years onto that extension so um whether or not both of these players are on the team in 2024 remains to be seen but i I would be surprised if like you take those existing contracts into the 2024 season so something will happen if one of them is cut i would not be surprised yeah i completely agree all right. So, uh, again, you know, this, these are the first moves of the Chargers uh, journey to getting cap compliant. So they, you know, a, a Matt Filer cut essentially gets them there the rest of the way. And then obviously we'll see kind of mm-hmm. what else happens from here. You know, whether that's a, a restructure for Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, uh, they could restructure Corey Lindsay, Sebastian Joseph Day. 
Um, you know, we'll see what happens with Gerald Everett as well as uh, Jake Cochran is pointing out in the chat. So um, the Chargers are not done. They still have more things to do here um, in order to be able to uh, make some moves in free agency. So, all right, we'll uh, move on here. We're going to talk about our top wide receivers in the 2023 NFL draft. This is, um, you know, not necessarily the headliners of the past, but still uh, some quality players that the Chargers could be adding uh, in the future. So, Tyler, before we get into our rankings, your, uh, your general thoughts here on this uh, this group. Yeah, it's not like it, it like you said, it's not the draft class for the Chargers to want a wide receiver one. If you're looking for a wide receiver one and you're desperate and you don't have maybe a top 10 pick to secure a particular player, then you're SOL. You're looking for a free agency, you're trying to trade for someone, whatever. It's not a great class to be taking someone at 21, barring maybe a fall or so. But if you're the Chargers, I love the rounds two through four talent that I've kind of looked at so far and some wide receiver one talent or excuse me, round one talent as well. I don't think this is a bad class. And someone was asking us earlier, you know, why do you, why is it considered a bad class when the media speaks so highly of them? It's just because they don't have Jamar Chase, Devonta Smith, Jalen Waddle, like Elijah Moore in this class would be like Zay Flowers if he were a little bit faster and caught everything. <laughs> um, and like he might be wide receiver one in this class. I think he would yeah, be. Yeah, he probably would um, be for me. Yeah, because of everything that was going for him heading out of college. It's not the top heavy class that you'd want, but the depth, like yeah. of the receivers that I have ranked today. Granted, I only have nine, so it's not like I've explored this entire class. You know, I don't know who the 400th person on the mock consensus board is, <laughs> but I have a third round grader better on all nine of these players. And does that mean that again, that like, oh my gosh, how many first round grades do you have, Tyler? Uh, you know, that's up for debate, but <laughs> uh, I'm not a, like a huge fan again of the top part of this class, but yeah. the middle is excellent. And if you're a team like the Chargers who needs a speed guy on day two, my goodness, you're in luck. Yeah, I agree with that. This this class does not have the star power of previous years. Um, one of these players spent most of the season injured. Uh, I'm sure you can, uh, you know, uh, figure out who that is. But, um, you know, this group does not have the star power of previous years. Um, and I, I think the middle of this class is really where you want to live. So, um you know, uh, this, this depth class for me is, is where you want to find players from. And, you know, I, I think that's what we'll uh, get into today. So, um, all right, we'll, uh, we'll dive in here to our, uh, wide receiver rankings. Again, this is a football show, not a, uh, vaccine <laughs> show. So, uh, kindly leave the chat, please, or you will be blocked. Uh, this is a football show first and foremost. All right. Uh, Todd, you want to put the rankings up here and then we'll, uh, we'll dive in. Let's do it. Okay, you want to start us off with who just missed your top eight? Sure. So I've graded nine receivers. So this is everyone that I've graded. Sorry. Um, as far as I got today, um, but Tyler Scott from Cincinnati. Cincinnati? No? <laughs> Are you supposed to Cincinnati? Uh, I think it's two T's. Yeah. Sure. Whatever. Okay. Tyler Scott from Cincinnati. Um, him and the eighth player are honestly pretty close him going ninth you know as i just missed isn't an indication that i don't like this player again i have at least a third round grade on him maybe that changes um i feel bad having him at ninth but i have to but he's a really solid option for a team looking for that deep threat and i don't know if it's changed i believe dane brugler had him at least like a week or two ago he said he was a top six wide receiver for him mm -hmm. um, i'm not sure over who or who he has ranked where um, but that's that's notable. And you get a really legit explosive player and, and solid speed option here. Just like maybe, I mean, he is on the undersized side of things, um, but he's got some filth in the yak game. I think he works the blind spots of corners and DBs really, really well. And I'm all for the Chargers adding him in, you know, that round three, maybe round four or so range. Um, again, I have a round three grade on him. So you take him in round three, I'm I'm feeling pretty happy. 
Yeah, uh, so apparently Cincinnati has two N's and one T, so that is my bad. I always get that uh, mixed up, but um, Tyler Scott, I'm a, I'm a fan of his as well. Um, you know, he's he's 10th for me, so he just missed the just missed okay. portion for me. Um, you know, I think he is somebody who didn't necessarily test at a super high level at the Combine, but I think that, you know, that speed uh, does show up more on tape. You know, it, there's another receiver who I'm sure we're going to talk about that I didn't necessarily see like elite speed downfield. And then he tested like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you know, Tyler Scott, I think is faster than his 40 time indicates. And, you know, if you uh, read Bruce Feldman's freak list, every single uh, off season, you, which everybody should at this point, um, you know, he had Tyler Scott in there. I want to say in like the top 30, um, you know, as somebody who could, um, you know, really be potentially be the fastest player at the combine, mm-hmm. I believe he, his, you know, hundred meter dash time from high school was like fifth or sixth highest in the class at all. Um, and he can also squat 600 pounds. Like this is somebody who, <laughs> who really is an athletic freak. And I think mm-hmm. that shows up on the, on the field as well. There's some issues in terms of ball tracking, in terms of physicality mm-hmm. for me, which is why he's not in my top eight, uh, and just missed, but. I like Tyler Scott a lot. I would be very happy if the Chargers ended up with him. To me, he's kind of like, okay, if you miss out on Jalen Hyatt, Tyler Scott is your guy. So, you know, that's that's a thing that I always like to to try and point out. Like, if you're yep. somebody who wants the Chargers to draft Jalen Hyatt, f- frankly, there's no difference for me if they take Tyler Scott. Like, I think, I, I think Hyatt's a better player. But in terms of just for the Chargers, I think Tyler Scott and Jalen Hyatt would essentially be, you know, providing you the same value. So, I like Tyler Scott a lot as well. He just uh, just missed for me uh, from that part of the list. Um, so my uh, essentially my ninth wide receiver is Cedric Tillman from Tennessee, Jalen Hyatt's teammate. Um, somebody I think is a bit underrated in this class. I think he's he's not going to be for everybody. He's I don't think he's a fit for the Chargers, um, but I do really like his game. He really kind of reminded me of. Tim Patrick and Tyra Williams who have kind of really blended together for, for me um, hmm. as, as very similar players. So I don't think he's necessarily a burner. I don't think he's necessarily a, a super, you know, snappy route runner, but I think he does a lot of everything well and he can high point the ball too. So he's, he's kind of pegged as like a jump ball artist, but he really is a lot of everything. I think, in, I think he can snap the routes really well. I think he can run past you. Um, but he's not like an elite athlete. He's not an elite route runner, but he's very well-rounded. And for that reason, uh, he makes my just miss list. Nice. I'll have to check him out. Um, yeah, sounds great. I yeah, most of comp- his, most of his stuff you have to watch from 2021. Cause he spent most of 2022 injured, uh, which is kind of why Jalen Hyatt broke out. Uh, cause Cedric Tillman, oh, was, okay. Tillman was the guy in 2021 for them. Mm, interesting. Okay. I'll have to give it a look. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Um, You want to go or do you want me to go? Go for it. Okay. Uh, at number eight is a player who we uh, mocked to the Chargers recently on our show on uh, Sunday, which is Marvin Mims from Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Sorry, something's going on with my computer over here. There we go. All right, Marvin Mims from Oklahoma. And then um, at number seven, I have Jaden Reed from Michigan State. Okay. Did you watch him? 
I did. Okay, there we go. Uh, and then number six for me is going to be. Wait, did I get this line right? Yeah, I did. Okay, sorry. This is the hardest part <laughs> of the mess right show. now. Yeah. Uh, number six for me is Joshua Downs from mm. North Carolina. Can I spell today? No, I cannot. Um, so I'll talk about. Uh, we talked a little bit about Marvin Mims on the show mm. on Sunday. Um, so you guys can go back and, and watch that. So I, I think that Marvin Mims would be a perfect fit for the Chargers. I think he's definitely an underrated guy. Um, Jaden Reed, for me, is also somebody mm-hmm. I think would be uh, a good fit for the Chargers. He's not a burner by any means, but you know, mm-hmm. if you listen to the way that Brandon Staley has kind of talked about the wide receiver position and like adding speed, he always mentions like, oh, well, you also have to run like every other route tree in the book, <laughs> which yeah. is, I think, also kind of why you know the Chargers are in this position with a lot of you know, four or five wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Jaden Reed, I think, uh, again, he's not a burner, but to me, he offers a lot of what they like in terms of the Z slot flexibility. Um, he worked primarily uh, out of the slot at the Senior Bowl, but I think at Michigan State, it was mostly, you know, outside Z uh, um, snaps for him. Um, to me, he's just an incredibly snappy route runner. I think he really is able to throttle down, get in and out of his breaks at a high level. And I just love the physicality that he plays with. You know, he really is so intentional about snatching the football away from corners, about running after the catch. And I think that really stands out in this class. There aren't a ton of physical receivers in this group. um, And the way that Jaden Reed really attacks every single rep was something that really stood out to me. So he ran, I think, 4-4-7 at the combine. So, Mm -hmm. again, not super fast, but, you know, if the Chargers – wanted a more kind of pro-ready, well-rounded wide receiver on day two as opposed to one of the speed threats, I think Jaden Reed would make a lot of sense for them. And he's, I think, just a really quality wide receiver as well. So that's why I have him at number seven and ahead of Mims and Tillman and Tyler Scott. Yeah, Jaden Reed, one of the better vertical threats in this class among several vertical threats. But it's, it's like you said, less off of the speed and more just the one, I think, no wasted moments or effort or movement to running those routes and then really finishing strong with contested catches or just over the shoulder catches or really difficult catches. I believe he's, let me see if I can find it top three in my grouping of 18 um, of the best quote unquote wide receivers in this class. When it comes to those contested catches, someone is going to love developing this player because I think he has that the chops to be a solid contributor. Um, I, I noticed the short game maybe wasn't like, strongest suit on film right now i think he's is much much more suited to attacking downfield in a vertical offense and watching it on film and watching him at the senior bowl the short game wasn't again his strongest suit but if you want a guy who can win vertically and be a really trustworthy target which is huge like you're looking for players that are both winners downfield and they're trustworthy sometimes a player i'll talk player i'll talk about in a bit you know can win downfield has all the speed in the world but can you trust them to make the play once the ball is over there, do they go up and get it for you? Do they secure the football? Um, so, you know, I could see him developing in sort of the same way, maybe not within a season. And by this time, he was a bit more of a veteran. But I think Tyron Johnson started as more of a vertical receiver. And then as you saw, as they progressed towards like the Falcons game, the Raiders game to end the year, yeah, um, he started to really develop more of that short game as well. And then they cut him. So, you know, maybe don't pick Jaden Reed or at least you get Jaden Reed, you know, enjoy him for one season or something. Yeah. And I think uh, Jaden Reed is another guy in this class who can provide some value as a, as a specialist. So he's, he mm. was a quality punt returner in college. Um, he didn't do a ton of punt returning this past year because he was kind of, you know, the guy. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, he's, he's somebody who has that punt return experience, um, like we talked about with Marvin Mims. So I, I, there's a lot to like for me for Jaden Reed. Yeah. Definitely. All right. For me at number eight, I have Trey Palmer, the player that I was talking about where he can certainly win downfield, but I was worried about the catching part of the thing. Yeah. There's several players in this class who have a ton of talent, except for you worried about the whole catching the football part. <laughs> um, but Trey Palmer from Nebraska, still very, very yeah. fast player. We'll talk about him. At number seven, I also have Jaden Reed um, from Michigan State. Nice. And at number six, I do have Marvin Mims, a player that I'm, well, Gavino said he was top five, so now I'm no longer the person (laughs) that's the highest on him. But um, I do really like him. Let me try to get this darn spelling down. 
Um, we did talk about Marvin Mims, so I guess I'll, I'll pivot more to Trey Palmer here. Um, we sort of talked about this last time. Fastest receiver at the Senior Bowl in terms of their tracking. Fastest receiver at the Combine. If you want to play just all gas all the time yeah. um, in terms of the speed, that's Palmer. And what really separates him from someone like Tyler Scott or some of the other quote-unquote burners in this class is he is six foot 192. That's what he clocked in as. So if you want someone who can already you know walk into your building, win on vertical routes, you know goal balls, post corner, that sort of thing. You've got one. To me, it just it it really is almost so simple, but it comes down to the very obvious glaring issue, and that's the drops. Um, and again, there are several players we'll talk about that that's an issue. Um, I think if you're trying to compare this to like the Chargers, the way I kind of rationalized it was. You're getting 2021 Jalen Guyton route running with 2020 Jalen Guyton hands. So you're going to get a, you know, <laughs> the better version of Guyton as a route runner, but kind of his older you know habits in terms of catching the football. Can that improve? Absolutely. Jalen Guyton improved. You know, players can get better at this. And again, he's got the thing that nobody in a, in a draft where guys have a particular trait that is speed. He is the faster guy. Like his trait is better than other traits where there's a lot of players in this class who are fast. Mm -hmm. um, and so his ability to be fast and to win downfield, I think does you know, make him a solid option. But again, he's only number eight for me. And it really comes down to the the drop issues that you, you definitely worry about. Can he be reliable consistently? I don't know. But if he can fix that, he's a weapon. Yeah, there's uh, <laughs> like you mentioned, there's uh, a few receivers with uh, drop problems in the in this class. Um, you know, in terms of like a calling card, like I think in this group of wide receivers, anybody that can have a true calling card, I think will stand out for themselves. And this, yes, this group of receivers, there's a lot of like, OK, he's probably a slot player in, in, in the NFL. Maybe he can do some outside work, but, you know, he's kind of shorter. But I mean, that six foot frame for Trey Palmer stands out. And then you add in the 40 yard dash speed, which definitely stands out on tape. Um, you know, if you go to the mock draftable website, his 40 yard dash time was in the 94th percentile. Mm -hmm. Um, and that, you know, I think that again, that checks out on tape. His comparisons on mock draftable website are not super flattering. What is it? <laughs> uh, it's Nelson Aguilar and <laughs> Dante Pettis. Um, you know, yeah. there is, there is a Lee Evans in there. I don't know if Lee Evans really did anything for huh. what it's worth. There is Reggie Wayne in there too. Um, there we go. That's uh, the <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Um, but in all seriousness, like like you said, you know, all gas is exactly how you would describe Trey Palmer. And I think there's a lot of value in that in the NFL. You know, he can mm -hmm. stick around. I mean, Dante Pettis, for all his, his failures, he's still in the NFL um, <laughs> because he's super fast. So, um, you know, for the Chargers, I think Trey Palmer would serve a lot of, you know, uh, or check a lot of boxes. But I don't think he's like ready to be a wide receiver, too, by any means at this point in his career. No, completely agree there. I think if you're looking for like players who can throttle down more, I think there are other options there. Mm -hmm. All right. So for me, I'll go th uh, five through three here. Um, at number five, I do have uh, Jordan Addison mm -hmm. from yeah. USC. At number four, I have uh, Quentin Johnston from mm -hmm. TCU. Make sure I get the T in there. <laughs> I always want to say Johnson, but it's Johnston. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and then number three, I have Jalen Hyatt from Tennessee. So I have two Tennessee wide receivers uh, in my top nine this year. I'm sure some people will will love that. But um, I, I guess I'll talk about Jordan Addison because Addison's a player that's been pretty commonly mocked the Chargers. There yeah. are a good amount of draft analysts who have him as wide receiver one. Um, I, I forget where Daniel Jeremiah put him today. I don't know if he still has him on his, as his wide receiver one. I know that was the case heading into the combine. Um, same thing with Dane Brugler. I think he, I think he is a very pro ready wide receiver. I think he can do mm -hmm. a lot of everything. Um, you know, his forty time. I think he's faster than his forty time indicated. Um, I, I don't think he's a burner by any means. But when he ran a four five, I was pretty surprised. Um, mm -hmm. For me, the bigger issues with him is just the lack of physicality, and I think he only yeah. made like a hundred and. Did he even hit 180 pounds? I don't even remember. Um, just a very small, skinny wide receiver. You know, heading into the process, I saw a lot of people comparing him to, to Devontae Smith. But Devontae Smith was so much more Oof. physical. And yes, they're both skinny, but 
you know, Devontae Smith would like he was a gunner on special teams <laughs> while he was winning the Heisman because he just loved to go out and hit people and love to be physical and take it at people. That's not in Jordan Addison's game. Um, I liked his Pittsburgh film a lot more after watching that than I did his USC film. I think his mm, USC film mm-hmm. was like, hey, go run a post, go run a go ball. <laughs> I think he got to show a much deeper bag at Pittsburgh than what he's really capable of. He was also injured for a lot of the year, so that is something to take into consideration. Um, but I, I think he's kind of being – like he went from being really overrated to now being really underrated because people didn't love how he tested – I think he's a really good prospect. I think he offers he you a lot of everything. To me, he's he's probably the best route runner overall in this class from what I have seen. Um, and if the Chargers took him at 22, 21, whatever we're calling the pick now, um, <laughs> I would understand it. But to me, again, like I just don't think he checks like the speed box, the playmaking box yeah. that really the Chargers need. So he's a safe player. I don't think he's anything like special athletically or, or physically. But I think he's got a very high floor because he's just like really pristine, really precise with all of his movements. He really has a smart understanding of of defenses. Um, it's just the the physicality really bothers me. Yeah, he, I have met uh, number five as well, and it doesn't really reflect the grade as much because I feel like I graded him what he can do, especially if you're talking about you know release, route running, that sort of thing. Like that's built into the grade, and so for me looking yeah. at someone like that and he statistically was pretty solid as well like that is a player that grades out really well the question just becomes do you prefer him and his maybe as, as zeus era is in the chat is talk, talking about him do you prefer the safe pick over the upside pick especially if things are very similar and to me not that there isn't upside with, with addison don't get me wrong i just you want to find a more specific dynamic calling card I think Addison is a player who can develop into a really, really solid player on a team. Um, but you're you're just trying to shoot for a bit more when you do rankings like this and see what can these other players, like a Jalen Highlight, like you mentioned, what can they do? Is that more of an asset to an offense? And I think in this case it is. Um, and I usually do love route runners. And again, I really like Jordan Addison. But I just think that some of these other players that you have ahead of him, that I have ahead of him, even though maybe they're not as safe of a pick, you're hoping to get the most out of these guys and what they can do. So yeah, I do have Jordan Addison um, as well at number five. And sorry, just really quickly before you jump yeah. to the other guys, uh, Chris Beatty, a solo man, points out in the chat. Uh, Chris Beatty, the Chargers wide receiver coach, did recruit uh, Jordan Addison. He was his position coach at Pittsburgh. Um, obviously, he's USC right now, so you know he, he does check a lot of like. Um, I guess background boxes for the Chargers. You know, there's a lot of connections there, and you know, we know how Tom Telesco likes to pick, you know, some local players too. So, um, I, I like him a lot. Again, I think he's very well rounded. It's just you know the lack of elite athletic traits and lack of physicality really kind of shows up for me. And so, if you need like again, this is a group where if you need a wide receiver too, you're happy to pick one of these players, right? I just totally. don't think that he's really ever going to be a wide receiver one. And that's why he's lower than some of these other guys. Yeah. As Joshua Ratner points out, you know, like it feels like we're underrating Addison. I, I think there's a strong case that, yeah, we are underrating him. Um, he's actually my second highest graded wide receiver in this class um, because of what he can do on the field. Again, it just comes down to where are you trying to get these guys in terms of where they can go. I usually do love a safe floor pick and I do really like Jordan Addison. But to me, it's just like, can we get a little bit more there? But so, some team's going to get him, and if he's in the right spot with the right team, he's going to be great for them. Um, yeah, just, and you know, go for it's, it. Sorry, it's just like how you, you're trying to break ties here, and like that if you're too. comparing mm-hmm. him and and Quentin Johnson and Jalen Hyatt, you, you know that with Johnson and Jalen Hyatt, you're getting elite physical traits. Like I think that's something that um, needs to be said in this moment. I agree that his you know tape at Pittsburgh was fantastic. Again, that's one of the reasons why I. I bumped him up and I would understand why the Chargers would be interested in him. Um, I just, to me, it's like, like I said, the lack of physical traits to me shows up more than for these other guys. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So Jordan Addison at five for me, then at number four, I have one Jalen Hyatt from T E 
N N E S S E E. Did I get that one right at least? <laughs> there you go. Um, and then this one, this one's a really close one for me, but again, it came down to uh, potential. And I'm surprised at my number two, but Zay Flowers from Boston College is number three for me. Um, and we can talk about either Hyatt or Flowers. I think we should talk about both because sure. that's, who ev- that's who everyone wants at 21, <laughs> right? If it's not an edge rusher, it's those two guys. Um, I'll start with Hyatt because I think you're going to talk about maybe Zay Flowers. Sure. Um, well, I mean, you are. Uh, it's just it's one of those things where I, I heard about this player and that he didn't get you know these sort of looks from this defense and, and these looks or press here, press there, and he can only do one thing. And you hear about this player who can really only do one thing. So it's like, okay, I'm going to go watch this burner. And maybe that's true. Maybe you could say that Jalen Hyatt can only do one thing, but nobody figured out how to stop it. It's not like <laughs> anybody... You know, I'm not saying this is like Mike Williams, but like Mike Williams, if he does nothing else, he does one thing really freaking well. And guess what? Nobody can stop it. Yeah. And in that same vein, Jalen Hyatt has that speed that nobody else has. And frankly, his time at the combine, I do not care because if he ran a four four or four five, whatever it was, that means everyone at Alabama runs a five one. <laughs> because he yeah. was is exceptionally faster than everybody else on that field by a significant margin and it comes down to the speed as a runner it comes down to the speed after the catch um he's he's just he's got that rare trait and again that's why i have him over some like jordan addison two completely different players practically what hyatt does what addison does are, are two different things but if i'm thinking about you know who who what rare trait would i want to invest in you know, a solid, great route runner or this elite speed. Typically, I go for the route runner. But in this case, I just think what Hyatt does with this speed is exceptional. What it also comes down to is is two other things. One, it's it's after the catch. Um, let me look at the composite rankings for our stats. So it, of the 18 receivers I have ranked, let's just go over the stats overall. Jalen Hyatt is my number one in terms of the, just the pure stats-based rankings. First in yards per route run, which is a huge one. Third in yards after the catch per reception, second in yards per reception, fourth in contested catch rate, seventh in drop rate out of 18. Like the numbers are really solid. And I think that what he does after the catch and what he does with his ability to catch, there's just a way you want to look at some of these guys. And my number two receiver does not do this, which again is a surprise that he's my number two receiver. <laughs> Jalen Hyatt is able to ball track and extend and make yes. plays in a way that it separates him from just being a burner. Now there are other guys, like I think Marvin Mims is exceptional when it comes to contested catches and difficult catches. Um, but Jalen Hyatt, the way he catches the football, the way he catches it away from his body, adding on to the speed, adding on to the yards after the catch, like it's a really, really solid player. And if you're worried about the way he could get jammed off the line or something, don't expose him to getting jammed off the line. If you're getting Dalton Kincaid to be an excellent route runner for your team, don't make him an inline tight end all the time. Yeah. You know, if you're getting Jalen Hyatt, you have to understand at this point in career, his career, who he is and what he can do. Go let him do what he does best. So, you know, I think if honestly it comes down to if they had to pick Jalen Hyatt or Zay Flowers in round one, I do think the Chargers would go with Jalen Hyatt because he fits a bit more of that height profile. He does fit the RAS that Tom Telesco has looked for. I forget exactly what he scored, but it was above a nine. Um, so you, you know, Tom Telesco values that and has valued that. Um, actually, the funny thing is, the only position that has gotten less than an eight in his tenure is wide receiver with Mike Williams when it comes to RAS. But if you're looking at those two, I think Jalen Hyatt. Again, we don't rank these guys by Chargers fits, but Jalen Hyatt with the ability to, I mean, heck being the wide receiver three or four this year, the wide receiver even three or four next year, and to develop in the way that he will, I hope, it's pretty tantalizing. So I don't know why Jalen Hyatt is ranked so far back on some boards. I get that there may be some questions and concerns, but I think he's got an elite trait. I think he does some other additional things that make him exceptional. The numbers are fantastic. And I think if you have the right offense, don't just go pick him because he's fast. If you want to do that, wait to round you know two or three or four. You can find fast guys, but I just think that of these speedy guys, he has just a little bit more of other things that the other guys do. 
Yeah, I think that's very well said. Um, you know, I, I, from a physical standpoint, I do think that his 40 yard dash is not really indicative of his time. Like I would have presumed him for like a four, three, five, four, three, four kind of wide receiver. Um, still the speed is fantastic. You know, his 40 yard dash was 86 percentile, um, vertical jump and broad jump also very explosive 92nd percentile in the vertical jump, 97th percentile in the broad jump. So this is not an athlete who's just fast. Like he, he is very explosive as well. So, you know, people will say like, oh, he's not great after the catch. He doesn't offer you a ton that way. Um, in terms of just like pure elusiveness, I think he can become that. Like, I think it's important to remember that last season was really his his first season of of truly getting like starter reps. And I think, you know, that does show up, right? Like, I think Tennessee saying, hey, like, let's get you out wide. Let's just do a lot of go balls, a lot of posts, a lot of corners. That makes sense. Like, that's what he does well. Um, but also, I think like one of the things that's a common misconception for him is you know that he is like a builder of speed and i think he he knows how to play with pace that's one of my favorite things about him is that he is really able to manipulate defenses because of how he knows like hey like i'm gonna go a little bit slower off the line here and then i'm just gonna burn past you and i think that also you know shows up on his uh 10 yard split his 10 yard split was in the 80, 87th percentile among wide receivers so it's not just that he's like fast long speed like he's fast in the short term like he'll get on you so fast in a hurry and i think that shows up on tape and i'm glad you brought up his ball skills you know he didn't have a great workout of the combine like people (laughs) messaged me like oh he dropped two passes of the combine who fucking cares (laughs) um you know his ball (laughs) skills and his drop rate from actual football are fantastic and i think you know this is not like somebody who's going to alligator arm the ball this is not somebody who's going to body catch like he will go up and get the ball. And I think that stands out for me as well. So yes, he right now, he probably is mostly a one trick pony in terms of deep routes, but I think he shows the ability and the explosiveness to become more than that. Yes. And I think that's an important, you know, thing to talk about with a lot of these players. It's like, some of them are going to be specialists. Some of them have the athletic profiles to become more than that. And I think initially, you know, Quentin Johnson, was somebody I was a little too harsh on because I didn't love like the physicality that he played with. Yeah. Well, the, in this class, you know, he's 6'2". He's, uh, I think he's 205 pounds or something like that. Those traits stand out. Like those mm-hmm. traits are going to make him go up the board. And he does a lot of other great things well besides just be tall and big and strong. I, I wish the physicality would line up with that. But I think it's important to also recognize that when you're talking about first round talents, like the traits have to matter. Yes. And if you have elite traits, like you're going to be uh, ahead of the, of the game in terms of like Jordan Addison and Josh Downs, players that I really like. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I think this is an important conversation to remember for people. Like this is not like, oh, he was a three-year starter. He was a Belitnikov winner two times and like all this stuff. Traits have to matter. And I think that's why we see, you know, Johnson and Hyatt higher on our boards than maybe some other people. Yep, and that's exactly why Johnson is. I mean, you'll find out he's one or two. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that that's why he's higher on my board. And we'll talk about him in a bit. Yeah. So, you know, you're you were talking about being surprised at at certain rankings on your players. I was I was surprised that I ended up having Zay Flowers at. I am uh, also surprised. Two. Yeah, he's not typically a player like the physical profile that I like. He doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily. Um, you know, have, you know, uh, an elite calling card. Um, but I think he just has that mentality to to just really like constantly improve. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's got some Devonte Smith in him where he might be five, nine, but he's going to punch above his weight class as much as he possibly yes. can. Mm-hmm. And I think in terms of balance, in terms of being able to stop on a dime, Zay Flowers is the best in this class in that regard. Um, I think what he's able to do after the catch is really special because of that ability, because of that mentality. And so a lot of people obviously want him to be drafted to the Chargers. I think for me, what you want Zay Flowers to be is is a intermediate demon. I don't think you want him to be a vertical field stretcher. And that to me is what the Chargers need. The Chargers need a field stretcher. Um, so I think Zay Flowers could go be a wide receiver too somewhere and do a lot of great things after the ball. Um, it hasn't necessarily panned out yet, 
but I feel very similar about Zay Flowers as I did Kadarius Tony. And I think that mm. he's just is able to really just make life a living hell for people over the middle of the field. And, you know, yeah. I, I think that's really where you want him living in the NFL. So um, I know he's a little shorter than I usually like, um, but I think just what he's able to do after the catch is, is really, really special. It really is. Um, when we were ranking Ty J Spears, when I was talking about him, he said that there were two guys who just looked like they felt like they grew up, they were born and handed a football and they grew yeah. up with it glued to their hip. And that's Zay Flowers. You'll watch him go, you know, either headed out of bounds or in the open field and he'll just kind of dead leg somebody. He'll yeah. high step like they're. I know that's so random, but you see the confidence in the way he plays wide receiver. This isn't a guy that's just figuring out how to play football for the first time. Um, or if he is, hey, it surprised me. If it would surprise me, because what he does after the catch is is truly, truly dynamic. And I do think he's not a go ball specialist by any means, but I do think that he does enough to win in terms of the way he can deaccelerate and then accelerate pretty quickly. The way he can win on not sixty yard bombs, but in some nice thirty yard chunk plays downfield on yeah. fades to the end zone from like twenty yards out or so. The way he can win with that is actually is really really special, um, and he did spend you know some of these guys maybe more so in the slot, but I believe his stats are that he spent about seventy four percent of his reps out wide. Yeah. Now that doesn't mean that he's necessarily like facing press every time and facing these big corners like they did try to get him involved on screens, they'd motion him, move him around that sort of thing, but still like he's experienced being outside, um, and I think again what he does after the catch is really really good. It really just honestly came down to me which is funny because number two stinks at this is the whole is the drop issues. There's like some of the yeah. players that I love. I'm like, man, I really wanted to make you my wide receiver one so yeah. bad, but I just couldn't get past the drops. And it's not like a huge red flag, but it's enough of a concern. I don't recall exactly what the numbers came out to be, um, but Zay flowers for me in terms of drop rate was, you know, like the bottom third of my wide receivers ranking list. In yeah. terms of stats, again, not like catastrophically bad, but still enough to just make you wonder just a little bit. So that with the size concerns, you know, he's my wide receiver three that I loved watching Zay Flowers. If they took him at 21, I think it would hopefully be everything they would have hoped, you know, DeAndre Carter and Joe Reed would have been. Um, <laughs> at least I hope they make the roster. Yeah, but, <laughs> I would hope he makes the roster. <laughs> <laughs> I would hope. But um, no, I do really like Zay Flowers. Yeah. I am definitely surprised that he is your wide receiver too. But yeah. I guess like this is not exactly a normal like top heavy wide receiver class. So I totally get it. Yeah, on my first watch, these this list was very very different. Um, you know, I had Quentin Johnson lower, Zay Flowers lower. But um, you know, I, I think you know, getting back to Zay specifically, I think they're very different from a physical profile standpoint. But I think stylistically. The way that I envision Zay Flowers is what A.J. Brown was early on for the Tennessee Titans, where it's a lot of jet sweeps, drags, um, digs, slants. Just get the ball in his hands early and let him go to work. And I think that definitely has a lot of value. I, I think with his balance, with his physicality, I think he can can become the guy. I do think he body catches a little too much for my for my liking. So does Quentin Johnston. That really is is kind of the difference in terms of like the drop rate. So. Um, that is something to knock him for, but I think that maybe perhaps the reason why I had him earlier is like, I, I, I love when players do more with less, right? Like, so Zay Flowers mm -hmm. being five, nine and just trying to like hit defenders in the face, like really appeals yeah. to me. Um, just like that mentality, I think won me over for him. So I, I really enjoyed watching him. Um, I wish he were like two inches taller, but um, I do really like him. Um, and then number one for me, obviously, if if you've been watching, uh, you can guess who it is. It's Jackson Smith in Jigba from uh, TOSU, the Ohio State. Um, somebody I think that his frame stands out. Like he is a bigger, thicker receiver in comparison to a lot of these guys. Um, again, so he's my only first round grade in this class is Jackson Smith in Jigba. I understand why a lot of people would have him maybe a little bit lower because of the injury and stuff like that. Um, but I think he just does the most well of this class, right? I think you can play yeah. him in the slot. I think you can play him outside. Like, I think he can play outside. You know, I don't think he's limited to the slot like people are talking to him about. 
It's just that he was playing with Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. Like, yeah, I'd probably put him in the slot too. Um, so I think he'd become more than that. I, I am a little concerned about the deep speed. I don't think you want you want to get him into like go ball situations and stuff like that. But um, I think just the the way that he snaps his routes is so truly special. He's a route running savant in this class. And, you know, he, he is very physical after the catch too. Like, I mean, Utah had a running back playing corner, man, but I watched him carve up my defense for 300 yards. Like, of course, that's <laughs> going to leave a lasting uh, impression on me. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, there's definitely some athletic concerns, but I think from a physicality standpoint, from a route running standpoint, I think he has the, the highest floor of this group. And I think if there were somebody from this group who I could envision becoming, you know, 140 target guy, mm-hmm. you know, 1,200 yards every year, I think it would be JSN. Yeah, I apologize for you having to watch him tear up your Utes <laughs> at least twice. I, I, I remember because like I don't stat watch before, like I don't track who you know who and what before a game. I just try to look for you know good opponents. Yeah. He had to go back to twenty twenty one, and I'm like, after the third or whatever <laughs> touchdown in the second quarter, I was like, what is his numbers for this game? And it's, it's like three forty six or something, yeah. um, which like. Nobody in this class has that. I, I think Jalen Hyatt was close. I think the five touchdown game was like one of those elite tier games. Yeah. But goodness gracious, what he was able to do then, there was another, I can't remember which opponent it was, but his top two receiving games in 2021 added up to like 700 yards, Yeah, which is just ridiculous, or 600 yards, I should say. Still fantastic. I don't think there's anybody in this class who has something, a one-two combo like that within yeah. 100 yards. He's just different the number one receiver of the 18 that i have ranked statistically in this class in terms of yards per route run is jalen hyatt and jalen hyatt's route yards per route run is three oh shoot i just had it three point something i think it's like 3.2 3.27 and he's number one in this class jackson smith and jigabas in 2021 was 4.01 like yeah. just almost a full yard better and the number one player in this class um of course and then there's you know hey well it was this last year it wasn't you know this most recent year so of course there's a concern there but to me as soon as I, I turned on the tape to watch him it was pretty clear to me that he was and he was the last player i watched um for the wide receiver group it was very clear to me that he is if all things check out wide receiver one like to me watching him the route running the production the pedigree again like yeah, again you don't scout the helmet but boy ohio state puts out some wide receivers and yeah. you feel really good about you know where he came from the production um elite elite production he ended up testing very well and showing out at the combine i do feel like if addison like i don't no offense but i don't actually understand why addison would be wide receiver one over jackson smith and jigba if medicals all clear for both um i just think that he is the best receiver oh and by the way in 2021 his contested catch rate was 90 percent. so it's like (laughs) i did not know that yeah (laughs) so it's like what do you pick apart it's really just the injury and maybe you know he's not a six four you know some other receiver but he's he's pretty special and uh, he is my highest graded wide receiver he's teetering on having a first round grade it's very very close um maybe he'll get there maybe he won't um, but he's a really fantastic player. So he's my wide receiver one, which makes, let me copy and paste Jackson Smith and Jigba over here, which makes Quentin Johnson, my wide receiver two. And so far of all the videos we've done and all the rankings we've done, this is the ranking I'm the most uncomfortable with. Mm. I typically do not prefer this kind of player. Me neither. Um, it's definitely a, Again, this kind of speaks more to the class, I think. If he were in, you know, a different class, even last year's class, we're talking about six, seven, eight, you know, something like that. I'd have to go look. But this is really what it comes down to. Again, I I don't love this ranking, to be completely honest. I was actually more underwhelmed into this ranking. Uh, whereas Zay Flowers, Jalen Hyatt, these guys I loved so much. But still with Quentin Johnson, it's about what he can do, not what he can't do. And this is your best shot at getting, I think, outside of JSN, um, a, a future wide receiver one that's maybe not just a slot-specific wide receiver type. Yeah. And he, like, he does have a calling card, right? Well, one, he's bigger than most everybody on this list anyway. 
Um, and then he's number one in the group in yards after the catch per reception. There's no doubt any number you look at, the difference in, in graphs and A dot and yards after the catch, whatever, like he, what he can do after the catch, especially with that size, is actually pretty fantastic. I was definitely concerned at some moments where some guys could chop him down. I, I was expecting more like a Drake London type where I don't know if Drake London's numbers are better or not, but he could just run dudes over like a freight train. Yeah, and That made him so exceptional after the catch. Johnston is definitely more of a, a runner away and around than he is through, but that's fine. And that made him, you know, number one in this class in yards after the catch per reception. It really just comes down to, and this is what worries me more than anything is the contested catches and the drops. And it's not just like a, happenstance this sort of like oh just you know like okay random but dalton kincaid's yards after the catch per reception the numbers aren't great but watching him i love him after the catch more than the numbers suggest um with quinton johnston it's worse um to me to be completely <laughs> honest like i was hoping that maybe like okay like bad luck bad footballs whatever yeah um if Chargers fans remember the Vikings game where Mike Williams had to win on a slant, and if he did, they would have scored and either gotten within one score or tied the game or whatever it was. Mm, yeah, um, yeah. And then Mike Williams, you know, he kind of either got, you know, he, he couldn't box out the defender and he tried to catch the ball up by his chest. And of course, the ball bounces off, they kick a field goal, and they end up losing that game or whatever it was. That happens to Quentin Johnson frequently. Uh, every game multiple times a game multiple times in a game Uh, if you try to win on a slant for a player as big as he is someone like Jalen Hyatt Zay Flowers Marvin Mims these guys are better at extending their hands and catching the football away from them and I get it that like there are moments where he's just a bigger player than the players that he's playing against so naturally he's going to win some of these but he does not extend his hands out in a way that makes you feel like okay, like we feel good about this. And it's a bit concerning. Again, we've seen these kinds of things pop up with Mike Williams. Um, and then on top of that, he's not a contested catch winner. Part of that is just mentality and the way you attack it. We saw him at the combine jumping up for a one-arm grab or something and showing you know, how high he can jump, how explosive he is, You know, clocked in at a good 6-2. He's got the frame, the size, and all that, the athleticism. But there's just a kind of... I want it that maybe he didn't show in college just yet. So again, like many guys on this list, and I, I feel like I've, I could say this for three players on this list, he would be the, the best receiver in this draft, except for the part where it's catching the football, <laughs> yeah. which is really unfortunate because he's got a ton of talent. And that's really what it comes down to. Yeah. Can your team take Quentin Johnston and develop him, correct some of those mistakes and make him a future wide receiver one? If your team can do that, in the same way you need to work with a Jalen Hyatt, in the same way you need to scheme up a Zay Flowers, you know, all of these guys. If you can work with that, you've got yourself a future wide receiver one, I think. There's a ton of talent here and a lot of elite traits. And I'm banking on those because he... I'm actually going to look at my grades. Quentin Johnston is graded as one, two, three, four, wide receiver five um, for me. And even that feels yeah. slightly generous, but he's my wide receiver too because you're banking on the upside so when we look back on this list if he's the number one wide receiver in this class makes total sense if he's a bust it makes total sense unfortunately um there's some there's kind of not that there's no in between but it could go either way and i'm hoping and banking on this potential here yeah you know if you look at uh mock draftable right like they have the the hexagon or pentagon or whatever it's called the, the specific shape that they do and everything looks like a web He's the only player in the class who has like lots of the area covered, right? Like mm-hmm. he is, if you look at him, he's, you know, 76 percentile on height, which is, you know, he's definitely, you know, taller in that regard. Yeah. Uh, 208 pounds. Like that stands out in this class. His wingspan of 81 and five eighths inches uh, is the 96th percentile in, the, in of any wide receiver ever. Arm length, 33 inches and five eighths, 91st percentile. Vertical jump, 40 and, a, 40 and a half inches, 93rd percentile. Broad jump, 134 inches, 97th percentile. Like, he checks so many boxes from a physical profile standpoint. And when you hear players, like, who have this profile, you picture a certain type of receiver, right? And, you like, you just you just want 
more from Johnston. And that's my issue with him, right? Like, you know, I talked about Zay Flowers, you know, punching above his weight class. Like, if Quentin Johnston punched above his weight class, like, no brainer, 100% wide receiver one in this class. Mm-hmm. But he just doesn't do that for me. And I, I and I just watch him and I want more of that. Yep. So I, I totally understand why you would want to bet on the traits. If you're the Texans, right? If you're the Bears, if you're the Lions, like these teams who have multiple first round picks who are, mm-hmm. you know, in the midst of rebuilds who are, are, you know, you're like six years, you have like a six year time frame. go take the biggest swing here. You know, it's like a very similar thing for like Anthony Richardson, right? Like at the quarterback, uh, you know, the quarterback position. If you want the swing for the wide receiver one, Quentin Johnson is probably your guy. And I, I fully expect him to go before the Chargers pick. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just, I, I watch his film and I want more. And whereas I watch some of these other players and I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Like that checks out. Like I understand that. I really enjoyed watching that player. So it's, it was almost frustrating watching him because like you, you just see him go up against Kansas state and Kansas and you're like, this guy should be dominating every game. And that just doesn't happen. So, you know, the flashes are so much fun. They're just far and few between. So, um, I totally understand why anybody would bet on him as wide receiver two in the class, wide receiver one, whatever. If he were the first wide receiver taken, I would not be all that surprised mm-hmm. because he like he definitely has the most upside in this class. Yep, I would agree. And again, I, I don't love the ranking. I, I usually tend to love this. Like, yes, find the best players, of course, but I do love to break the ties with this, the security of you know stats like drop rate, contested catch rate, yards per route run, that sort of thing. Um, Johnson definitely Johnston definitely has a calling card there, but we'll see. Like this is one I, I really don't feel super comfortable with, you know, in terms of like the tight end class. Kincaid, Mayer, no problem. Like I I could switch those two as well. Johnson for me, I just I I don't feel super great about it, but I'm gonna put it here here too and bet <laughs> on it. No, I, I totally get that. So um that's our uh wide receiver list so let us know what you guys think let us know who your uh wide receiver top wide receivers are i think we covered the kind of players that we would like to see the chargers potentially take um again we also did a mock draft earlier this week so um again this is a depth wide receiver class this is not a star-studded wide receiver class so it's just different uh in in a different way so um tyler any other uh final thoughts before we head out um, I would love for the Chargers to take a receiver that I've watched. Um, it would be the first time that they've done that. The only time I didn't, they took a receiver that I didn't watch was was Josh Palmer, and you watched him and you really liked him, but yeah. I couldn't stand watching that offense. So hopefully they take a receiver, you know, that I've watched, so I can stand up and cheer and be excited. I think Chargers fans at this point, if you can run a four three or four four, they'll cheer doesn't matter what the stats are as long as he's fast. So anything at this point would be helpful. The bar is so low, like four, four, five. We're good. Like let's rock. You know, Jaden Reed is plenty fast enough for us. (laughs) I think that would be true too. Like I do feel like he would be. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, again, I think, you know, wide receiver day two, I think that's, that's the move for the Chargers this year. Um, All right. That's going to do it for us today, guys. Appreciate everybody for tuning in tonight um we're going to have our uh free agency pivot here obviously as the as that kind of picks up so um we are going to do a q a on saturday so make sure and uh tune in for that and then we'll have uh arjun on our show on uh, sunday night for a free agency prediction so we did a simulation earlier with arjun this uh sunday we'll do a prediction episode with him and then you know be able to figure out what exactly the, the cap looks like um, with some of the moves going forward. So uh, should be a fun weekend. Um, and then we'll, uh, of course, let you guys know what the schedule's like next week once free agency starts. Not exactly expecting a ton of movement for the Chargers, but uh, we'll see how that goes. So um, Tyler, appreciate you. Appreciate everybody in the chat tonight. And uh, we'll see you guys on Saturday.